Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. Don't skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create Your Life family, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Before we get started, I wanted to share some exciting information from our sponsor. We only pick people and companies that we think are awesome to bring onto the show, so please support them. As a podcaster, I've spent hours and hours editing, doing show graphics, and much more, and I finally got fed up with losing all of my free time to post-production activities. So I decided to do something about it. And if you are a fellow busy podcaster who would like to just record and have someone else do the dirty work of graphic creation, tagging and uploading your show to your server and in-depth SEO generating show notes, go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and today is another amazing day. The reason why I say that it's an amazing day is because we got another amazing guest in the studio. This young lady is a phenomenal woman, and I'm so happy I had the opportunity to meet with her. Man, probably did I meet you maybe a month ago, and we've just been clicking and going ever since, going strong, having the opportunity to actually learn from her and understand some ways about the world that I had not had insight for. So Create Your Life family, I had to bring her here so that she could share and bless us with some of the knowledge that she has. Now to talk about her, she is someone who has recently joined uh, Spotify as a senior talent acquisition partner, where she oversees the outreach strategy and management of all undergraduate business, MBA and PhD research internships in the United States, Canada, and South America, especially those with the focus on diversity initiatives. She also leads the creation of Spotify's new academic relations division with the goal of initiating and managing partnerships between Spotify and U.S. universities to amplify research in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and natural language processing for new product development. Prior to joining Spotify, Dr. She is a doctor. She held a position at Elsevier, a health and scientific analytics company. And as the senior management manager of global academic relations, she was responsible for creating and driving key strategic initiatives between the company and U.S. universities and organizations. See that theme near Create Your Life Family? We definitely going to jump in a little bit more and find out why that's so important to her. But she also worked with universities, leaderships, and her priorities primarily focused on science and health topics, precision medicine, workforce development of early career researchers, and research data management. Prior to joining that company, she worked in the Mount Sinai Health Systems commercializing office in New York City and was responsible for the creation, management, and continuous improvement of the office's comprehensive internship program. She was a PhD in cellular and molecular pharmacology, where she worked on cell regulation in cancer cells and a mini MBA certification focused on biopharma innovation. 
both from Rutgers University. She also holds a Bachelor's of Science Chemistry from Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. Shout out to the HBCUs and Create Your Life family. I'm talking about none other than Miss Sharice Bernard. Sharice, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hey, fam. How are you? Hey, Kev. Thank you so much for that intro. No, thank you. We are excited to have you. I'm loving the HBCU alumni aspect of, of things. You know, we were both there in the AUC at the same time. At so. the same time. <laughs> right. I wanted to say that. And didn't word. know you. I know. Never <laughs> seen each other before. But that's how it works. Always great things. So, Sharice, I want to jump right in and ask you. You're a native. You're a Jersey girl through and through. You got your doctor from out there. You grew up out there. It just took a little bit of time off in the A. <laughs> what was your experience like growing up in Jersey and being the youngest of three? Right. So I'm actually Trinidadian. I was born in Trinidad and Tobago. See, I'm learning new stuff about her <laughs> all day. Okay, But going. I still am a Jersey girl because I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. Um, I went to a performing arts high school called Arts High. And um, life was good. I mean, my house was Caribbean, but I lived in Newark. So there were a lot of different experiences. I think that I kind of developed a group of friends that were just like-minded and really focused in on work. And then my parents were strict, so there was just no playing around. It was great. But um, I'm the youngest of three. I have an older brother and older sister. Mm-hmm. One is an engineer. One is an accountant. And, you know, we just came from a working class family. You know, there was no—we worked hard for everything that we had. It was a great childhood. I would say I had a really positive childhood. Okay. So if you—from up here, up north, how do you—does a young northerner mm-hmm. end up in the AU? I'm so <laughs> curious about that. Watching a different world— <laughs> True, true. Okay. Watching a different world. And I was actually the first one in my family to go away to school. And my mom at first just did not, she really was not trying to hear me leaving and mm-hmm. going away when my sister and my brother went to NJIT and Rutgers. So mm-hmm. they were fine going to school in Jersey. And here I come later on, like I'm going to Spelman. But I think I convinced her once I kind of showed her, I think I did like a presentation and showed her like all of these notable women who graduated from there and what a degree from there would mean to me. And also the fact that I wanted to learn about being black here and what it meant and really just gain strength in that. So I convinced her. My dad took a little bit more convincing, but they came around. I love it. (laughs) And so you talk about that. You talk about these prestigious women who came before you and the richness of the HBCU experience, finding out what black means here in America. How do you feel like Spelman, the AUC experience, how do you feel like that prepared you for life and career post-college? Yeah, I mean, I I think that, you know, it really instilled a lot of pride in myself that you don't normally get or you may not get from a PWI institution. So Mm -hmm. I remember when we first got there, all students had to take a class called African Diaspora. And that was really critical for me because I'm a product of the African diaspora. You Mm -hmm. know, my family is born in Trinidad. My grandparents are born in Union Island, which is another very small island close to Trinidad. Mm -hmm. So what that meant, understanding the diaspora and how we dispersed after we were stolen from Africa, like that spoke directly to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if I would have gotten that same kind of education at another school. So I think it really just did something to instill pride in myself. It allowed me to look at my sisters and brothers a different way and really just know that we can do more than what was originally slated for us to do. Mm. So it made a huge difference. I like the way you put that, doing what was originally slated for you. Mm -hmm. In that, you're in your career. Tell us about your first job coming out of college and then going on and receiving your doctorate, et cetera, et cetera. Because I know that for me, 
I haven't went to graduate school, but Clark Atlanta definitely has played a role in my character and my ability right. to be resilient in environments. Right. So tell us a little bit more. I didn't have a job coming out of undergrad. Okay. I went straight to graduate school from mm-hmm. Spelman. And that was another seven years of work for me to get that PhD. So mm-hmm. in that role, I think that once you kind of take your core classes, I transitioned to cancer research. Mm-hmm. So that was actually my job. Mm-hmm. But in that research, I was obtaining my PhD at the same time. Right. So in terms of how Spellman prepared me for that, I think that it prepared me just because I had to understand how to be very flexible in different situations. I think that even going to Spelman and being around all of these amazing Black women, we still were very diverse, right? Mm-hmm. People were from California. People were from Texas. People were from Alaska. Like, there were Black women from everywhere. And what that taught me was, number one, don't judge a book by its cover mm-hmm. and really learn how to be flexible in terms of how you communicate with people, how you get your points across, because we all communicate differently. And that prepared me a lot for graduate school, because when I got there, I was one of very few Black women in the Mm -hmm. program. And so I really had to be very confident. I had to know who I was. And Spelman just, I mean, if you talk to any Spelman woman, you know, they tell you we learned who we were at Spelman. So that was really critical for my success in graduate school. Okay. And I know you and I had had a conversation and you talked about once you had finished your doctorate, please correct me if my timeline is wrong, you had worked for some companies afterwards. And Mm -hmm. then while doing research in cancer and on medicine, et cetera, et cetera, you had situation with your father, Mm -hmm. and it kind of inspired you to do some things differently. Can you talk to us about that and your experience? Yeah. It was actually before I graduated with the the PhD. My father passed away from kidney cell carcinoma. So just imagine I'm working in the field to try to cure this, and someone who's very close to me passed away from it. Mm -hmm. So it was a very traumatic experience, I would say, because everyone in my family was hurting about it, but I was the only one researching this particular thing that he died from. And so Mm -hmm. people were looking to me for answers, like, why did this take his life so fast? Why is there no therapy for this? What could we have done differently? And I didn't have the answers. And I felt very inadequate at that time, just because I'm supposed to be this expert in -hmm. cancer, you know, and I could not explain why my father passed away three months after he was diagnosed. So it was a really traumatic time. But I think that Even in that really hurtful time, I was still really motivated to finish it up because I know that's what he would have wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. And he was really proud of me during the whole thing. So it was motivating, but it was really difficult at the same time. Uh, Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your father. It's okay. In that time where you were having, of course, these challenges going on at work and both at home with the family, someone near and dear to you. How did you stay focused and motivated in that time frame? Mm. Who was like in your corner saying, you know what, Sharice, keep going? My mom, definitely. I mean, she's a rock. So she was hurting herself, but she made sure to keep me encouraged. And then my, I have a group of Spelman sisters. All mm. seven of us have either PhDs or MDs. And they kind of rallied around and they were like, nope, we're all going to finish this. This is what we started. You can do this. You know, they just all rallied around and became just kind of like a construct of just faith and hope and just them doing it and them calling me every day and saying, you could do this, just go to the lab, do this. If you have to come home and cry, you could do that too, but make sure you just take one day at a time and you finish. And then the rest of my family, I mean, I was the first one probably in my family to get a PhD. So everyone was just like, you cannot allow this to stop you. You know what he would have wanted you to do. And everyone was just really encouraging and a rock and prayer. Prayer, my spiritual life had to be 
really solid at that time because I just didn't feel like doing anything. But I think prayer and my faith really carried me through that. I'm hearing a couple of firsts from you. You're the first, oh. you're, you're the baby girl, <laughs> <laughs> the youngest yeah. child, but you the first one to go away to mm-hmm. school. You're the first one to get your PhD. Mm-hmm. I, I'm loving this. You know, I'm a little this. bit of a rebel in the family. Ah, a you don't bit. say. You don't say. <laughs> so with that, you're the first person that I've heard transition from being in the biomedical field Mm -hmm. into HR. So what was your inspiration to switch fields and how did that transition even come about? And and also, how long have you even been out of the the field? I don't even know how that transition happened. I think... (laughs) I was just minding my business. And I think my LinkedIn profile, I want, you know, whoever's listening, really be careful how you present yourself to the outside world because it matters. Okay. And when you think that your career path, quote unquote, is random, sometimes it's really not random at all. Mm. It's actually coming together really nicely. So I was working and I was just minding my business one day and kind of like how you mentioned in my bio, I had some experience with initiating an internship program. I had some experience with scientific research and all this type of research. I was a PhD myself. And I also had some experience with academic relations. And so those three things seemingly not really related at all, they were actually the reason why Spotify reached out to me. And so my former boss reached out to me after looking at my LinkedIn profile because they were looking for a really unique person to fill this role. They wanted someone who was a PhD. They wanted someone who was passionate about diversity and inclusion because that's a a real goal of Spotify. They wanted someone who had experience with students and who loved engaging with students. They wanted someone who worked in academic relations to even begin that division. No one there was working with any universities directly Mm. in terms of leadership, university leadership. Mm -hmm. So what I thought was like a random career path and I was just kind of doing things that I felt like doing, it actually turned out to be very unique and very specific for this one role. So that's kind of how I transitioned. Spotify reached out to me about the role Mm -hmm. and said that they wanted someone in the New York area. They wanted someone like with this really unique set of skills. Mm -hmm. And um, I applied for the job and I got it. Okay. Love it. So in that other than, of course, having the credentials, I know that you said that you had some experiences and things like that. In the Mm -hmm. day-to-day working of your job, how do you feel like you're MBA and your PhD actually help you, if they do at all, Mm -hmm. working in now what we would call the tech media space? Right. The only thing a PhD, not the only thing, I'm not going to diminish that whole thing, but what a PhD is able to do is it allows you to dive into a specific topic. It teaches you how to think really well, strategically. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have to solve a problem about why a particular protein is making a cell divide. You have to go really deep into that topic and figure out all of these different nuances that would contribute to the answer. And so I think that that's what I took away from the PhD and from the MBA certification was really how to think, how to think strategically, how to really go deeply into something and be passionate about it because in order to even survive a PhD, you have to have passion to stick with it the Mm. whole time. So I think that's what I took from it. The actual content of what I learned is not being applied at all. But I think the bigger picture in terms of how to really how to own something and lead it out on your own is really what I took from that whole experience, which is, I think, the most valuable thing ever. Love it. So on your path to becoming who you are now, Other than consistency, Mm -hmm. what would you say have been some of the key factors to the continuous growth and evolution of Sharice? So I have to bring up faith again, because sometimes 
you just don't know what's happening. Life takes some turns and you you can't really explain what's happening. You feel like you're out of control. You feel like life is out of control. So I think that having that anchor, Mm -hmm. whoever it is you worship to, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, that anchor of knowing that something is constant, something is consistent, I think is a huge part of why I'm able to just keep moving forward despite what's going on in life or any circumstances. So in addition to faith, consistency, being flexible, I'm really a person, and I I talk to students about this all the time, I don't like being in a box. I don't Mm -hmm. like for someone to say, to assign a label to me. I kind of like being able to just be flexible, be able to be at 100% capacity all the time. And sometimes that means going in different directions and really exploring every single piece of my capability. Mm. Um, And so sometimes that means not staying in a certain path that is normal to other people. What are your indicators for you to know when it's time to pivot? Mm. I don't think I have indicators. I think it's more of an internal feeling, like an internal compass that you, you just feel it. I've learned how to tap into my own compass Mm -hmm. just because I do a lot of self-reflection and self-thought to know, okay, this feels good right now. I'm going to try to learn more about what I can do in this space. I don't normally have a specific plan too far in advance. Mm -hmm. It's always something that it's signs that I see or a feeling that I'll get when I speak to somebody or I meet someone or just like little clues or little cues in life that kind of tell me, okay, this is where you need to go. And I think that happens to everyone. I think that if we were aware of the whole staircase, we wouldn't want to take any steps because it would be scary, right? So I'm I'm a person who focuses on one step at a time. I'm going to be an expert in what I'm doing now. And what the next step, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'll figure it out when it gets here. I'll feel it. I love that. Create Your Life Family. She said, follow your internal compass mm-hmm. and be ready for that next step, even when you don't know what it is. I'm you loving that. Yeah. Sharice, a lot of times we talk about all of the positives, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And all of the rave reviews and things like that that we get on your journey. Have you received negative feedback? If so, how did you deal with it? Uh, was it public, private? And how did you move past it? I've received negative feedback, yes. I think when you're trying something new, it's always going to be negative feedback because people don't like change and people don't always agree with how you do things. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm an innovator. So I never want to do things the way someone else did it. That is literally, again, that's with the whole vein of not staying in a box. So I I never want to do things the way someone else did it. Other people, they like process, they like frameworks, they like when you can repeat something, they like when you can do it the same way we did it last year. And so a lot of negative feedback that I've ever received was around innovation and being creative. And that's actually why I love Spotify, because Spotify challenges you to be more creative and it celebrates the creativity. Mm. Some places that I've worked in the past celebrated it. Some places were just like, we like to do things this way. Mm. And so that's mainly been some of the reasons why I've gotten negative feedback. And then to be completely transparent, other times I just haven't been my best. Mm. I just haven't been my best. You know, certain things happen in life and you're just not your best. And when you're not your best, you might receive some negative feedback. Mm. And I can literally admit that some of those were just me. It was just me being problematic. 
So it sounds like your, your self-awareness, Create Your Life family, your self-awareness is very on point. Yeah, and like I know, yeah. you're honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you're very passionate about the education to employment pipeline. Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't know. I think I really love engaging with students because of their hope. When mm. you talk to people who are older, they kind of are set in their ways. And um, sometimes they lose hope in changing and things changing. When you speak to students, they're bright-eyed, they're bushy-tailed, they have all these hopes for the future, they have all these aspirations and goals. And I just like engaging with that crowd because it energizes me. Mm. And it doesn't energize everyone, but it definitely energizes me. So I feel like one of my purposes in life is to be kind of that guidance to students or Mm. any one of that age group where they just need a little push, they need Mm. a little encouragement, especially students from underrepresented backgrounds, just because I know that it's hard to maneuver sometimes in careers, especially careers where we're underrepresented as Mm -hmm. people. Um, STEM careers, the tech industry, you know, I think that it's one of my jobs, one of my main purposes is to really be like this guiding light to students to just maneuver the whole industry. Speaking of, you recently finished a recruitment tour on behalf of Spotify at Mm -hmm. a number of HBCUs. For those students who weren't able to attend the opening act, which you had and did a phenomenal job with, what are some hacks that you think that they should know in terms of applying for jobs, applying for internships in order to further their career and their mission? That's really interesting that you brought it up because the deadline for our internships is tonight at 11.59 p.m. So they only have a couple more hours. Mm -hmm. But I think some hacks are to really pay attention to the company that you're applying for and to not think that all companies are the same Mm -hmm. because they aren't. So in order to kind of set yourself apart from the other candidates, it's really competitive right now. Really do your research on the company that you're applying for and create your resume and your cover letter that speaks directly to that company. So, for example, if you're applying for Spotify, throw some creativity in there somewhere. Spotify is a place that not only looks at your work experiences, but we really want to see holistic people. We want to see if you're, do you have a blog? Do you have a portfolio you want to share that has nothing to do with your work? Obviously, it has to remain professional, but share all of you instead Mm -hmm. of just parts of you. Um, And you kind of need a little bit of creativity in order to do that well. We're a music company, so hit us with your favorite playlist. Like, tell us who you are. That's something that I would definitely tell students to just really think deeply into how they can personalize the resume to the company. Okay. Really quickly, can you tell us, because you're you're working HR, can you tell us a couple of the examples that have stood out to you? You were like, whoa, that's pretty impressive. I can't really tell you examples um, because it's kind of confidential, but just in general, I've seen people create their resume from a playlist, like the name of their, a song might be somewhere they worked and they created a whole playlist from their resume experience. Mm -hmm. And that's something for us that, again, it speaks to what we do as a company. It speaks to your passion for this particular role. But yeah, I think creativity and innovation is key in kind of presenting yourself. So what are some things that you wish you knew before jumping into a field outside of what you had studied academically? Ooh. Just like two, two or three. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think I wish I knew some of the pitfalls, right? Mm -hmm. So some of the difficulties of working in this field could just be being able to understand people. So maybe I wish I would have taken a psychology class 
or something, just because it's really relevant to understand who people are, why they do what they do, why they think what they think. That's something that I really wish I would have gotten a little deeper into. And I still have time, so I can take a class or two. Okay. And real Mm -hmm. quick, I want to give a shout out to Michael, Andrew, and Joyce who are tuning in and saying that they love what you're saying on the show. Oh, thank you, guys. Shouts out to the Facebook Live family. Uh, Also, what has been the biggest personal challenge that Sharice has needed to overcome to become who she is today? The biggest personal challenge? Probably just trying to not be in control all the time. I like for things to be done a certain way. And the only person I can really control is myself. Everyone else, I can't. So I think that challenge, you know, the pivot, the career pivot that I made has really exposed that in myself, being able to speak to people and people do things on their own time, their own way. So that's a challenge that this has exposed this particular challenge in me. So I really would love to do better at that. Okay. Giving up control, relinquishing control. Okay. So create your life family. As you can hear from Sharice here, you don't have to be in control to make greatness happen. And, you know, when you are great, then it just, it happens for you and it happens with you when it's supposed to. Right. Sharice, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, <laughs> what would you be doing? Is there a career, a hobby that you've always wanted to do or? Designing pencil it? skirts. Really? <laughs> I love pencil skirts. And I feel like for if you're curvy as a woman, you mm-hmm. need like an actual special design for it. Because what's in the store now is not it's not it. Okay. Yeah, I, I would like to z- design clothing for, I'm not going to use the word voluptuous, but curvy women. And my dad actually was, you know, he designed clothing. He was a seamstress. He made clothes. Really? That's what he did. He learned how to sew. He was self-taught how wow. to sew. He was like fashion, like everybody's fashionable in my family. Everybody is just like comes with the business when it's time to dress. Mm. So if I wasn't a scientist and a tech professional now, I probably would have been a designer. Okay. Well, you know, that's mm-hmm. my major in undergrad. I know. You know? So I'm like, oh, we, this is family right here. Yeah. And your dad too. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Doc, shortcut the designer, huh? <laughs> okay. Well, Create Your Maybe Life one Family. Day. Yeah. Create Your Life Family. That is actually Sharice's Instagram name. It's Doc Shortcut. So I was definitely, I always refer to her as that. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a cool name. <laughs> Create Your Life Family. We are going to run out of here. When we come back, Sharice is going to jump into that special place that everyone has to jump into before they can actually even think about being done with the show. Wow, Create Your Life family. I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym with family and friends or traveling, use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back with Dr. Sharice Bernard. Sharice, are you here with us? I'm here. Okay, so Sharice, before we left, I kind of told you what was about to happen, and now (laughs) it's about that time for it to happen. So my next question to you is, can you swim? A little bit. A little bit? (laughs) All right, well, I want you to know that you are in good hands here at the Create Your Life series because we have life jackets. Okay. But you're about to jump into the dolphin tank. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Now, this is rapid fire. Okay. So, question number one. What are your goal-setting methods, and how do you make sure that you are growing each year? 
write things down. Write down goals for every month. Write it on a blackboard. Cross them off as you achieve them. If you don't achieve them, it carries on to the next month. But don't let it carry on for more than three months. Mm, Love it. What was holding you back from creating your best life? Money. (laughs) How? Money. Just, I guess, I think one of my things about creating your best life is the ability to travel. Mm -hmm. And I'm just starting to get into that within the last two to three years, Mm -hmm. which I think is normal probably. But traveling, seeing the world, learning other cultures, to me, is creating your best life. As long as you could do that. That is, I mean, I think that's the height of your best life. Okay. Love it. What's the top tech that you're using to make your life run smoothly? Probably my budget app. Mm, which budget yeah. app are you using? Talk to it's us about within it. Bank of America. So okay. I have some accounts in Bank of America, and it teaches me how to budget my money, allows me to move things to different accounts, um, and allows you to kind of see, like, when you're going to your limit in a certain budget area. Mm-hmm. So it's really helping me to just, like, diversify everything. Love it. Yeah. Favorite quote or model that you live by? Maya Angelou, success is liking the way you do things and how you do it. I might have messed that up, but it's along those veins. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? The Untethered Soul. Okay. And you've actually told me about that when I got to read it. I have. Yes. It's amazing. This is the question that nobody can escape the Create Your Life series without answering. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. What three things would you tell someone looking to create their best life? Three things that I would tell anyone that's trying to create their best life is, number one, really focus on self-love. Make loving yourself a priority. I think that's important because once you focus on yourself and loving yourself, everything else has to be in alignment with that for it to work. And I think that loving yourself is really going to be the foundation of finding your purpose. And finding your purpose is always the foundation for creating your best life. Number two, I would definitely say get used to change. I think that a lot of people or a lot of us, I'll include myself in in that, really try to stray away from change. But I think that change teaches us how to be more flexible and change actually gets us used to being able to pivot really well. So creating your best life is really important once you are used to change and are comfortable with it. The third thing that I would say that you must do in order to create your best life is to become okay with forgiving yourself often because no one is perfect, right? So we all make mistakes. We all have our down days. But if you forgive yourself, you're not going to stay down. You'll always be able to get back up and you'll always be able to refocus on yourself. So those are the three things that I would suggest to anyone trying to create their best life. Thank you so much. I appreciate you saying those. And I'm actually really feeling them. I create your life family. That forgiveness of self is so true and yeah. has to happen all the time. So I feel like you hit it right on the head. So what is next for you? Next for me, I'm just going to continue to be an expert in my craft. I have a lot to learn, I think. There's so much for me to learn. There's so much for me to do. I think that I want to be on the creative precipice of everything for myself. I don't want to do anything that someone has done before. Mm. So my next thing is to just really think of new ways, new ideas to be impactful in this industry and to really get myself on the map. And that's not the purpose, but the purpose is to be innovative and be creative. Love it. And what is the best way for us 
to stay in contact with you? Well, I have a website where I, I write a blog for my website. It's sharicebernardphd.com. So you can contact me through there. And then my Twitter name is Dr. C. Bernard one And then Instagram, at DocShortcut. Love that name. <laughs> I love that name. Okay. So that being said, mm-hmm. Sharice, we have reached a point in the interview where you become in control. It's called the turnaround. And what that means is that you become the interviewer, I'm the interviewee, Mm -hmm. and you get to ask me any three questions that you want, and I have to answer. So Create Your Life family, y'all know this and remember this always, that these questions are not scripted. I have no (laughs) idea what you're going to ask me, and I just have one request. Okay, what's that? Please be gentle. Okay. (laughs) No, they're going to be easy. Okay. Um, Okay, my first question is, when and how did you come up with the concept of Create Your Life series? Absolutely. So I came up with the concept of the Create Your Life series when I got accepted, actually on the plane from Chicago to Tokyo, Japan. I was going to be a speaker at the International Foster Care Conference. Mm. And on that plane, I thought about how far I had come, Mm -hmm. being just troubled foster kid into becoming this man that experts from around the world wanted to hear from and teach them best practices on how to create successful foster care children. Right. And so I said, you know what? I shouldn't be the only person who can go and travel and go to these places and that it is possible for you to get out of your comfort zone, get out of where you grew up at, you know, that block, that city, that state, et cetera, and go out and go see the world. And I knew that I would be all right because being in foster care, you learn to adapt to a lot of different situations. So I was Mm -hmm. going to Japan, didn't speak the language, but was like, I got this. Right. Right. So I wanted to share this experience with others so that they can go out and do the same thing and do it on a bigger scale. And so I said the best way to do this is to take a bunch of footage Mm -hmm. and photos of the different cultures and signs, et cetera, et cetera. Put it all together and then sprinkle some motivation in there (laughs) and then let people know that, hey, man, you can do this. If I could do it, then you could definitely do it because you essentially have a blueprint laid out in front of you, but you also have the capacity to be more than me. Right. So that essentially birthed the Create Your Life series. So I shot, I did Japan, and that was in the fall of 2013. Mm -hmm. And then from Japan, I did the Bahamas. And then, so it was Create Your Life series, Japan edition, then it was Bahamas edition, then it was Dominican Republic edition, and then it was Vallejo, California edition. And then I took some time off from it. Mm -hmm. And then I had the opportunity, my guy brother kept telling me, dude, you need to start a podcast, you need to start a podcast. And so I'm like, all right, I'm about to start a podcast. Then I had the opportunity to come up here and be a guest on the Ash Cash show. Okay. And Ash is a great brother who was really influential in the financial space. And so I was on this show talking about Debt Free College Academy, which was a program I just created. And I literally had reached out to him. I met him like a couple of times years before, but I reached out to him like on Instagram right. or on Facebook. He put me in contact with his assistant. So we literally, I came on here, was a host here. He said that the station manager liked me mm-hmm. a lot. And I got bold one day, called up here, told her, thank you, you know, for liking me. She bought a couple of my books. And I asked her, I was like, you know what? I got to ask this question. You might as well just go ahead and ask it. You know, so in typical Kevin Brown fashion, I asked her, do you have any room for another show? Mm. And she said, for you, I'll make a show. I mean, I'll make room. Yeah. And so she's walking out there right now. So shouts out to Professor Harden. And so I got on air here and I've been here for the last 2.75 years. You know, we're going on three years, you know. and That's awesome. You know, we've we've recorded a lot of shows. I would say at this point we've recorded, we haven't released 170 shows. Wow. In, really less, in less than three years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a grind, but it, that's how the Create Your Life series started. Okay. You ready for question two? I'm ready. I'm ready. All Doc. right. What advice would you give 10-year-old Kevin? Hmm. 
and I'm thinking about where I was when I was 10. You said any question. I know. I'm, <laughs> so it, there was so much happening in and at that particular age mm-hmm. was a transition period for me because my, my older sister who had been with me in foster care since I was uh, nine months actually left. So mm-hmm. I spent the next eight years in care by myself. So that was like the pivotal moment. That, that was a defining moment for me that year. So mm-hmm. it's funny that you picked that because I spent the next eight years by myself in care. Mm. So for me, I don't know that I would change anything about that. Like I really had to become like a man and I was really about, I had this conversation earlier. Everything from that point on was about me setting myself up for life after 18. Right. And, and I had to take on that responsibility as a kid. So I mean, how do you, at 10 years old, how do you think about 18? I mean, I don't think I was thinking about 18 at 10. Yeah. So my experience growing up was different from my peers because mm-hmm. by the time I was five, I had lived in nine different places. Mm. And so I had lived in all these different homes and you always understood that you can go to school and your social worker can show up at school and she'll come and get you and take you home and say, yo, throw everything in a plastic trash bag and you're moving. So my sense of responsibility was different. I was still more of a knucklehead. So I think I would just say over time, I would say that I should probably be kinder to myself and be more mm-hmm. forgiving. Yeah. But 10-year-old me, I think I needed those bumps and bruises. So I don't, the 10-year-old, I don't know. I, yeah. I would probably tell him to rock. But you know what <laughs> I mean? Out. Because it was just a lot going on. Yeah. But I think, you know what I would tell myself? Her leaving was is not the end of your world. Because mm-hmm. I definitely had a rough two years after that. Right. Um, so I was I would say that. Sorry okay. that I had to go through all of that. No, it's to okay. Get to that point, but, it's okay. Yeah. Last question? Yes, ma'am. Okay. What motivates you and wakes you up in the morning now? The possibilities. Mm-hmm. I love saying and doing what I say that I'm going to do. And the more you make your goals public, the reality is that you can't back out of them. Like that I like so true. tried yeah. to talk myself out of moving to Africa. And I was like, oh, but I've been talking about this on my show for like the last <laughs> five months. So then like my listeners are going to be like, dude, what are you doing? So that I think the ability to be an, an example mm-hmm. because the odds of being like, it's crazy. Like, let's be generous here. Ten percent of foster care children go to college. In reality, the last time I checked, it was seven percent. Of that seven percent, three percent graduate. Mm. Of that three percent, you would have to cut it in half for African Americans. Then you have to cut it in half again for African American males. So, by having the opportunity to go and speak and doing so much work in the system and stuff like that, it's almost as if I can't stop because there are kids who reach out to me that I've spoken to seven years ago, six years ago, you know, who are like, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm grown now, but I remember the quote that you said, I am the brand I say I am, all of this stuff, you know. And so what motivates me is the fact that it's bigger than me. And I owe more than I can ever repay because of the people who invested in me early on and gave me the opportunity to be me, make the mistakes that I made and continue to grow and evolve. And For that select few who love me unconditionally, it's my responsibility in order to continue to pay it forward. So, yeah, motivation, you know. Well, Sharice, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. You you. are an amazing soul. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, Create Your Life family, as you know, this is another great show, another great show in the books. And I want to remind you and tell you, thank you for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and rate and review us. This helps us build this community and building the community is what we are all about right now so that we can deliver as much value as possible to you. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. 
This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.